So imagine you are on a boat. What does it look like? How big is it? Are there other people on this boat with you? If so, who? Now suppose you've got someplace to go in that boat. Is that going to change what it looks like? Suppose your destination is a long, long way off. How much bigger does that boat need to be? Who else are you going to have in that boat with you? Well, Jesus had sent his disciples off to their boat, heading back over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he stayed behind to dismiss those 5,000 plus people that he had just miraculously fed. And after he had done that, a while later on, this disciple's boat, probably big enough to host a dozen plus men, was struggling with the wind and the waves. They hadn't gotten anywhere near where they had wanted to be. So late in the night, in the middle of the ocean, Jesus came to his disciples on a boat. And he does the same for us today. People across the centuries have used the image of a boat or a ship when considering the nature of the church. Many church sanctuaries were built with that in mind. When you're in one that has wood planks on the ceiling, you can look up at it, see the peaked roof, and imagine you were looking down at the inside of a hull of a ship. You see that in Gothic architecture as well. The church is that ship carrying its passengers throughout the world. Maybe it all goes back to that time that Jesus had spent with his disciples in and around boats. The church, we'll get to what the church means in just a moment, is a lot like a boat. The most important thing about any boat, any ship, is that it's going to be able to get its passengers to where they need to go. It's a ship that sees its passengers through the journey. The church is here to see you through the journey of life, and Jesus is her captain. Following Jesus, the people of the church will ultimately reach their destination. But what is the church? You hear that word church used in many different ways. You come to worship in a church building. You say you're going to church. Church might be a local congregation like St. John's. It might be part of a larger denomination or church body like the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. In the creeds, we speak of the holy Catholic, small c, meaning universal, Christian church. Now that can all get pretty confusing pretty quickly, especially when different Christians might mean something different when they talk about church. So back in 1530, when the Augsburg Confession was presented, Lutheran Christians needed to articulate just what they meant by the church, especially because they were not looking to start a new and different thing. Articles 7, 8, and 15 of the Augsburg Confession recognized that the church, the capital C church, is a community or congregation of saints that the Holy Spirit brings together under Jesus Christ. Now, 
depending on the time and the place, the church will not always look the same. Music, liturgy, attire, all of these things can vary depending on the culture, the situation. Even here in our own country, in one congregation, you might see different things going on in the same congregation depending on different services, let alone how it looks in a different culture on a different continent or maybe even in a different century. But despite those differences in externals, the essential marks of the one holy church, that by which it can be identified, are the faithful proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the right administration of God's gifts of grace. The church is centered in Jesus. It's evangelical. And strip off all of the things you might have heard when you think about that word evangelical, and you can understand why. Because the evangel, the gospel, is the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done for you. That is exactly what St. Paul is writing about in today's reading from Romans 10. The church bears the ultimate message of good news for a broken and dying world that is filled with broken and dying people. We saw that brokenness again this weekend in Charlottesville. Racism is evil. It is sin that is based in fear and hatred. All people have value in God's eyes, so much so that he gives himself for all people. You and I are sent out as proclaimers to everyone, to everyone who has need of hearing this good news, good news that gives real hope. Jesus is risen, Jesus is living, he is the savior for you and for all, period. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. If you read in the bulletin that the title of this sermon was The Church, Congregation of Saints, you might be wondering what that is all about. You might not think of yourself as worthy of being called a saint if a saint is a holy person. Or maybe, maybe you do think yourself worthy. Either way, it's a problem. Because if a saint is a holy person, every one of us falls short. You're not perfect, neither am I. We are sinners standing before a holy God. None of us can look to him and say, God, I have done nothing to offend you. I have done nothing to offend my neighbor. You and I need rescue. And that is why Jesus comes to us all on this boat that is his church. The Holy Spirit brings us aboard. The Holy Spirit makes us saints, holy people. Not because of how great we are, because of the good things that we have done, but because of the greatness of God's love. Each and every one of us is, as the reformer said, simultaneously completely sinner and saint, broken and redeemed. 
None of us is perfect, yet God has declared you and me to be perfect, to be justified in his sight because he rendered judgment on Jesus. He delivered that judgment on the captain of the ship on our behalf. It's been said that the church is not a museum of saints, but a hospital for sinners. And some say it's not even a hospital, it's a morgue. But I would encourage you to think that the church is a place of resurrection. It is a place of new life. As St. Paul reminds us, Easter underlies our understanding of Jesus' death for us as good news. We get a new beginning through God's love in Jesus and the gifts of grace that he gives. Those gifts of grace are the second part of what the Augsburg Confession points to in seeing where the church is at work. Look for those sacraments rightly administered as Jesus gives them. Baptism brings us in to the family of faith that is the church because it is God's work. It is not our own. We don't have to depend on ourselves to be rescued. He is the one bringing us aboard. Only God can give life to the dead. And in the same way, our Lord Jesus is present with us in his body and blood, in, with, and under the bread and the wine, not by means that we understand, not by magic, but by his grace. God is here for us to bring renewed life to all of the people under his care. Those gifts aren't dependent on the character of the person who is administering them. Rather, it's the faith that God gives that enables us to receive what he promises regardless. As the community or congregation of saints, the church both connects and nourishes. Think again of the churches that boat or ship. We are moving together through a world that is continually caught up in storms of chaos and evil as we are continually reminded. People are drowning. And Jesus, our captain, is leading his church on a rescue mission. Jesus comes near to people through his church, through you. And as the church, we have an unlimited supply of life preservers to be throwing out to those people who are drowning, to be bringing them into the fellowship and the congregation and community that we share. That proclamation of the gospel of who Jesus is and what he has done goes out to connect people to Jesus. And the church is not a massive membership drive. We don't seek to just bring people in to enrich our numbers and have them sitting around here. Rather, as people are brought aboard, once rescued, people like you and me are nurtured by the Holy Spirit through his church. He builds us up, he disciples us, he shapes us and makes us more and more like Jesus who is our captain. Now scripture speaks of the church as the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. As a community, we are connected to Jesus. There is no such thing as an independent Christian. Do not neglect the fellowship that is part of being the congregation. 
Come regularly to the services of the Lord's house to hear the gospel proclaimed, to receive the sacraments rightly administered, given for you. Do not disregard your community of faith, either the people who are part of that congregation and community of saints. Look around you at the people who share your pew, the people who are gathered together to hear the great news of who Jesus is and what he has done. Get to know them. Know their names. Know their stories. Care for them. They are not to be here just for one or two hours on a Sunday morning and never again thought of until next week. These people are part of your life together. As pastors, we get the privilege of going out and visiting those who are in the hospital, whether it be for illness, for the arrival of new children. We get to go visit people who are homebound or shut in. We get to even just go and talk with people to catch up and hear how they're doing. That's your gift too. As the people of God in Christ, as the community and congregation of saints, how beautiful are your feet as you get to go and share the gospel and the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done with those who are closest to you. Care for them. Do good in Jesus' name. In an era where likes and favorites are currency of great value, share with each other the value that you have and they have in Christ. So going forward, consider how you would think about this relationship that you have to your fellow Christians who live under the gospel, who receive God's gifts in the sacraments. Live out that response in thanksgiving for the community of which God has made you a part, regardless of how people look or where they might come from. Even as you depart from this church service and this church building, you are the church. You are the community and congregation of saints. Hearing the good news, share it with everyone of need. Tell of Jesus, who he is, what he has done, for everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen.